Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by Jason Campbell, here to talk all things Auburn. And we, of course, have a lot of great stories for you today. Actually, as soon as we stopped recording on our last episode, the Power Five decided to release a bunch of information. So now we have some updates that we weren't able to give you on the last episode. So we're going to talk about that, talk about some other pending decisions that we anticipate will come out in the next couple of weeks got a couple news stories in regards to some Auburn players so we've got a great episode for you and then we have a very exciting guest that is going to be joining us you may know her as an internet sensation she has gone viral for some of her trick shots she is a former Auburn and WNBA point guard Chantel Trimitier is going to be joining us to talk all about the whirlwind that has been the last couple of months as her videos have gotten millions of views lately. So you want to stick around for that one. J.K.M., how you doing? You holding up in, in the quarantine life still? Hey, you know, I'm holding up pretty good, Taylor. You know, just listening to you <laughs> breaking this segment, you know, got a lot of excitement <laughs> coming in today. And, uh, you know, so you do a really good job of doing that. So I was just like, hmm, oh, wish you. I was that talented. But <laughs> at the same time, you know, I enjoy eating my ice cream every day. I enjoy... You know, riding my bike. So I burn a few calories and then I put them back on. So I guess it evens out at go. the end of the day. So I'm all good. What flavor ice cream? Well, you know, I, I usually go with vanilla because I always okay. get a hot fudge sundae. Um, Ooh, and then right. sometimes I get a hot fudge brownie sundae. Ooh. I know. I'm just throwing all this out there this morning. I'm sorry, people. Yeah, I don't, dude, I don't it's too early to for this. Make y'all, you know, want to go get some ice cream <laughs> right now. But i just throwing it out there. It is a 90-something degrees day where it feels like 100 and something. So if you want some yeah. ice cream, go treat yourself. Well, we are going to discuss the potential of a pending football season. I am just eager for the day that we come on here and we have something definite instead of like all these hypotheticals and, and suspicions that we have. But, you know, we do all we can. So as I mentioned, the last time that we spoke, the only, you know, real announcement that was concrete that had been made was from the Ivy Leagues that they had canceled all sporting events until January and then basically as soon as we hung up, the Big Ten announced their decision to move to a conference-only schedule. And not long after, the Pac-12 followed suit. So two of the Power Fives have opted to go conference-only. So they are canceling all non-conference opponents. And as of a few days ago, the SWAC has canceled their fall schedule. So that means that Auburn is now officially without a season opener. We were supposed to open at home on September 5th against Alcorn State, which of course is part of the SWAC. So some movement, some decisions made, still don't <laughs> know what that means for Auburn other than we are without a season opener. So we are waiting on an announcement from the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. Their commissioners are expected to announce a decision by the end of July. So, uh, that gives us about nine days, so not entirely sure what, you know, developments we'll have between now and then, but we still await that decision. Jason, give me your input on this 
conference only decision. As I said, Big Ten, Pac-12, that is what they are going to be doing moving forward. Obviously, the mindset behind this is to limit how the exposure, right? Do you think that that is the right way to go with this thing? Or, or do you think that spring is really the better idea? Ah, well, to tell you the truth, Taylor, it's, it's tough because no one really knows. Like, I understand everyone saying, oh, we may have a vaccine in January 2021. But mm-hmm. there are still so many stipulations that has to go behind creating a vaccine. You know, you have to make sure there's not huge side effects. And it has to go right. through so many different tests before it's even put to the market. So, you know, we're still not 100% sure about that. So the whole ordeal is, I understand the big team wanted to come out, make a big splash. They were all supposed to do this United. It supposed to be the big mm-hmm. team, the Patchwell, the SEC, uh, the ACC. All these big conferences were supposed to do this August the 1st, United, and make a decision about what direction it was going to go in. So with the Big Ten making the splash like that, it kind of put pressure on the other on the other conferences. And when the Pac-12 right. followed suit, now the ACC and everyone looking at the ACC and the SEC and looking at them like, okay, what are you going to do? Well, right. I, I think the thing is, it was still too early to make that decision. Yes, the numbers have been going up, but at that time, no one knew. And then right. I know they're saying in nine days, they're going to try to make a decision. I don't know how you make a decision in nine days based off of the rest of this season at the end of July. I just still think that's just way too soon. I just think the easiest thing hypothetically is just saying, Hey guys, let's just push back the opening of train training camp as we call it. And then colleges and the the pros, let's just push it back to maybe the middle of August or the end of August. And let's just push the season back to the end of September have a start and maybe you still can play like a lot of these teams like the SWAT they've already said they're not going to have fall sports so okay we know they're not on the schedule but if you want to keep a game like North Carolina you want to play at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium why not give yourself over a whole month to see if things can get better and under control and then you have a better opportunity to make a decision because even if you push it back a month now, I think it's better than having to take it all the way into the spring. So you take it all the way into the spring, we're going to fall into a whole bunch of categories. You're going to have guys like Trevor Lawrence that may say, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to participate because I'm about to be drafted in four months. Because right. the NFL have yet to come out and say that if they're going to push the draft back. The colleges have already asked them, and they have mm-hmm. not given them an answer. And knowing the NFL, they're probably going to stay stiff on the way they do things. So right. here's a kid that's either going to risk it all or he's going to play his junior year in college, but he has the opportunity to say no. So you run into all of that and he's trying to play basketball and baseball and track and so many things, golf, all these things trying to take place in the spring. And it's just going to be really, really difficult. I just think if they're going to try to have a football season, the best thing to do is push it back a month and and see what happens from that aspect because – I know everyone is ready for sports. Shoot, I'm ready for some sports. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> like I watched baseball the other day on TV. It just wasn't the same without seeing the fans. The fans would yeah. make sports go. Yes, we are athletes out there performing, but with no fans, you don't get that energy. You don't get that whole mode of running out of the stands and looking up. I mean, walking out, of, running out of the tunnel, you look up and stand. You see 85,000 people just going crazy. Like, totally. That gets your adrenaline going. That gets your whole excitement just like ready to take off and to not have that it's different it's going to be more like 
spring football practice where you're having a live scrimmage against someone else. And that may just right. be what we have to do. We may have to go that route, but who knows? But And you still can watch it on TV. So it's just so much to be answered. I just feel like you're pressing yourself to have to answer all these questions in nine days. I, I see that. I really do. Unfortunately, there's just there's so many sides to it and each side has legs to stand on. You know, like you said, pushing it a month. I I do totally see that. But there's also the argument that, okay, if we have a weekend of football and then we have a couple weeks off, we are able to kind of stop, analyze what that did. Did that spike numbers? Are more guys testing positive? If so, we have an opportunity to quarantine without forfeiting games. So having some some leeway within the season after kickoff provides them an opportunity to evaluate while in it instead of just having to to chunk up losses. So I understand all of it. And unfortunately, I think that's why this decision is still pending because anyone that is in this situation having to make those decisions is aware of, of how many loopholes there are, I guess, or how many contradictions there are in this and, and so much still unknown. So we have to make a decision in regards to a football season where COVID-19 is still very much a factor. I just, if you had told me in March when all of this started, that we would still be dealing with it by football season, I would tell you to shut up. (laughs) I just can't believe we're still in this, you know? Like, I just, I I had to make peace with March Madness not happening. I never thought it would compromise football season. I really didn't. But before we get into talking about week two and and the Chick-fil-A kickoff game that is, as of right now, still anticipated to happen, give me your perspective as a player on this conference only schedule, because, you know, especially being in the SEC, we, we have a bit of a bias, you know, like SEC is king, come on. And those conference games mean so much. I, I don't want to take away from, you know, any FCS opponents and, and, you know, sometimes those SWAC teams you, you really got to watch out for because they have some athletes I understand the importance of those games. Also, it's great because, you know, we get to see some guys play that don't ordinarily play. You know, some of the guys that likely aren't playing in the conference matchups. That's why they changed the redshirt rule to allow redshirts to play four games. Those matchups, those out-of-conference ones, are usually where we get the opportunity to see the future guys. So there's a lot of benefit to it, but call a spade a spade. The SEC games are the ones that everyone gets hyped for. As a player, though, how important are those other games in the season to whether it's for rest, whether it's to to try out some other plays um, and, and what it does to kind of build the confidence? You know, you look up at the scoreboard and you're beating somebody by 40 points. That, that does a little something for you. Talk to me a little bit about what this would mean if you were still playing and you were hearing the only games you're going to play this season are SEC opponents. Are you hype or are you disappointed? <laughs> well... I'm definitely not disappointed just because you get the opportunity to play football. Um, right. The only thing that I would probably say is, ooh, it's going to be a lot of ice tub. And the reason I say that is once <laughs> because I played in the NFL, and I know how hard it is to go through a 16-game schedule with all NFL players. To right. go through an all-SEC schedule, like, that's brutal. That's almost totally. miniature NFL. Like, that dev- definitely gets you ready for the next level. And hmm. – when you have to go through something like that, like you better make sure that you're too depth, too deep in every position. And I really mean that because there are going to be some games where you may see a guy miss a game or two here and there because of 
the physicality of all the hits and all the, the banging against each other. And you're talking about playing an 11-game SEC schedule or even a 10-game SEC schedule. That yeah. That is brutal. And I would probably say the only position that can probably get through this without having to miss a game are, is the quarterback position. And it's, and it's all going to depend on, you know, how the offensive line is, is keeping him upright. Um, the protection, right. the run game, what kind of run game does he have? Is he throwing the ball 40-sometimes a game? Is he throwing it 25-30? Um, so everything plays a part in this, but it would be fun for a fan base to watch it. Uh, you know, but you talk about it, Auburn, you already play LSU, you already play Alabama, you already play Georgia. And then if you tag on a Florida and a Tennessee or a South Carolina all in the same year, like, ooh, and you got Texas A&M and Ole Miss and Mississippi State, there are two teams that are going to be better this year. They have two new head coaches, right. two proven coaches. So you know they're going to be better. So that alone, the over and under, I would just have to – I would like to see what, what the over and under would be because I would still put Auburn as one of the top three teams to still win the SEC uh, just because mm-hmm. the experience and we have one of the most experience at the at the main position in all the sports in college. And I think yep. Bo going through the schedule he went through last year helps prepare him for a schedule like this if it was to go that way because last year was a brutal schedule. It was almost a whole SEC schedule. From a player standpoint, I don't want to see it just because I don't want to see these guys get hurt and banged up and beat up. But from a yeah. fan standpoint, you just want to watch football. It would be outstanding to see, to, to say the least. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a really interesting point. And of course, people are having their fun trying to add in conference matchups where um, there were non-conference opponents. Like Alabama is also without their opener. They were supposed to play USC. I'm really disappointed that that one's not going to happen. That would have been really interesting. But um, so their opener is open. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of people throwing out the idea of adding Florida to Alabama's schedule. And Alabama hasn't had to go through Florida in a while. And Florida is definitely, you know, rising in prominence for the SEC East. That would be a really cool mashup. So of course, people are having fun redoing these schedules and kind of getting them to a point that they could potentially be if we opted to go to that. But there is expectation that if we do, if the SEC does go to the conference only schedule, they would also maintain one or two non-conference opponents. And I think a large motivating factor of that is the Chick-fil-A kickoff game in Atlanta between Auburn and UNC. That is going to be a top 20 high profile matchup with very parallel stories. Two of the best returning quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in the country. Sam Howell for UNC is he and Bo essentially had mirror stories last year. They were, True freshman quarterbacks playing in Power Five conference with very tough schedule. With in programs, UNC is not the UNC of the past. They, what Mac Brown is building there is consistency and expectation of growth. I really fully expect UNC to become a force to be reckoned with in the ACC. And Lord, they need it because other than Clemson, no one bats an eyelash at the ACC. Sorry, ACC people, but it's the truth. So for the good of the conference, I think UNC does need to get it to that point, And they're on track to do so. And I think Sam Howell arguably 
showcased more consistency than Bo Nix did in his true freshman campaign. So this would be a very intriguing matchup, regardless if we're limited on football consumption. This would have been a top matchup that a lot of eyes were on, and people know the value of that. So the Chick-fil-A kickoff game organizers are still doing everything in their power to play the triple header of big time matchups this season, but they won't happen without spectators. According to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl president and CEO, Gary Stokan, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, social distancing will take place inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium in an effort to keep fans safe from the potential spread of COVID. So he said that they have 25%, 30%, and 50% capacity scenarios in play. He is talking openly about these games still happening. And when I say the triple header, it includes Auburn, North Carolina on September 7th, Florida State, West Virginia on September 5th, and Georgia versus Virginia on September 7th. All very intriguing matchups. Well, Florida State, West Virginia, not so much, but (laughs) Georgia, Virginia, and North Carolina, Auburn. I mean, those are really great matchups and all expected to bring in a lot of eyes. And a lot of eyes means a lot of money. So they're not taking this very lightly. And they're discussing these three games happening and people being there at either 25%, 30%, or 50% capacity. But they're not saying that we're playing this without fans. So that's an interesting development when we're at the point where a lot of big name schools are now only going to play conference only, but three of these big games are still expected to be played weeks one and two with fans there. So it just, it makes you scratch your head because you're like, what direction are we headed in? Yes, I think, uh, you know, the reason Chick-fil-A wants these games to, to definitely happen is it's a big investment. You know, mm-hmm. they put a lot of money into this. Uh, it's something that they look forward to each and every year. It's kind of like the start, the kickoff of football season. Everyone's hyped up. Everyone's ready to watch. So they know that you're going to get a million, million fans across the world watching, not just in the Southeastern Conference, but everyone wants to see what are these teams bringing to the table. You know, you lose some of your big seniors last year, a lot of big names going on to the NFL. So everyone wants to see who's going to be that next star, who's the next player, who's the next guy that's going to step up and take their university by storm. And especially for Auburn, Auburn, you know, we have a top recruit running back coming in this year. So everyone wants mm-hmm. to see, oh, who's the new kid on the block? What is he going to bring to the table? Is he going to be the next bow, the next Cadillac, the next running? Like, we always do this at this time of the year because it's exciting. I think the reason they want to get at least 30% of people, 50% of people in the stands is because they want, they just really trying to recoup their investment. Let's just be honest. Like what they invest in, they're just hoping that they can at least get back what they put out. They just don't want to walk away from taking a loss. But at the same time, Chick-fil-A is a big part of the Southeast. Like it is mega. And they just want to continue to, to keep this thing going because they don't want to lose what I call momentum. Every mm-hmm. year, this games get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Last year, we go out to Dallas and we play Oregon the first game. This year, we're playing North Carolina in the first game. Like, everyone looks forward to these games because they're so big and they're so exciting and and they have big playoff implications. 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't no such thing because there wasn't playoff implications on the line. Now, if you play a game the first week, yes, it's still going to have playoff implication when it comes to the end of part of the season. And the reason I think we were still in top 10 and – and a couple of playoff talks last year, even late in the season, was because we beat Oregon the first game and Oregon was still winning. Right. Yep. It wasn't until Oregon started to lose a little bit that it kind of hurt us a little bit. 
That's so true. These things do have an implication for the long term of the season. Although you you do start to wonder what the heck does postseason look like if if we've got conference only. I can't. That's way too far, but I'm just <laughs> saying there's still a lot of questions associated with this one. So we will continue to track this for you. Hopefully by the next episode we do. I mean, all expectation says that the SEC announcement will will be out by the time we record our next episode. So I guess hopefully we'll have a better idea of, of what's to come. Wanted to give a couple really quick notes on some Auburn players. Auburn, once again, has found a punter in the land down under. <laughs> Oscar Chapman of Pro Kick Australia, which is the same organization where our last punter, Aaron Sipos, was found. Oscar Chapman has announced the acceptance of his blue shirt offer to play at Auburn. He is expected to join the program later this summer, and he will have four years of eligibility. So another Aussie coming to the Plains. That is exciting. Man, what a weird time to not just move off to college, but move across the world to go to college and go from Australia to Auburn, Alabama to play American football. I mean, like what? What a whirlwind that's going to be for him. Oh, my gosh. And a different time zone. Um, different everything. <laughs> yeah, so everything is going to be different. So, you know, Auburn does a really good job of going out and finding, like, punters and kickers, like, from all over. You know, I don't know who's <laughs> the coach that they're sending or how they're getting in contact with these people. But kudos to them because this is uh, this is not easy to do. So, you know, yeah. much respect, much respect given. That's exciting. He said that obviously he's never visited before, but he was looking at pictures and videos and things, and he thinks the university is awesome, and he's so excited. So I just think that's crazy. I mean, it's it's a huge life change for any college student, but this just takes it to another level. So welcome to America, but also welcome to Auburn. Oscar Chapman, we hope you enjoy it. And the last one I wanted to mention is that two of our favorites – KJ Britt and Big Cat Bryant are on the Nagurski Trophy watch list for this season, and that is presented annually to the best defensive player. And this basically just continues the trend that we have been seeing and talking about a lot, the expectation of excellence on the defensive side of the ball for Auburn. Both of these guys are showcasing what they can do every time they take the field. And more than that, they're being leaders for this team. These are guys that You hear the names often. You see their presence, whether they're on the sideline or they're on the field. These are guys that are staples for this team, and it's really awesome to see that they're getting the recognition they deserve for it. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me to see K.J. Britt and Big Cat Bryant uh, name on the list. Um, When you think about last season, you know, both of these guys uh, played pivotal parts. You know, I understand Mm -hmm. that, you know, Marlon – and Big Derrick took a lot of attention from Big Cat, but Big Cat had the big fumble recovery in the Oregon game. You know, he almost scored. You know, he ran 90-some yeah. yards. But, um, you know, he's a guy that's had gotten a lot of experience, and he's a guy that's going to be leaned on more this year. And like I say, K.J. Britt, he's the center of our defense. He's the heart of our defense. He makes everything go. You know, he makes all the calls and everything. So, you know, him having that young group of other linebackers around him and Papo and those guys, I think mm-hmm. it definitely helps. And when you look at this defense, I'm a reason I'm proud to say K.J. Britt has a higher chance of, of getting this award is just because he plays the linebacker position where – you do a lot of tackling from east to west. You do a lot of coming downhill, um, hitting the running backs in the backfield. You're in the passing game where you got to cover, 
and make tackles and, and Big Cat Bryant, he's coming off the DN. You know, he's having to right. beat a guy every time to get to the quarterback. And if you can get to the quarterback one out of every eight times, it consider that a success. And um yeah. and everything. So I just think it's a it's kudos to our defense. Uh continue to to build and build and continue to be a high impact. Like I say, you win championships with defense, offense sales tickets. And yep. you know, this year is gonna be one of those type of seasons which I'm excited and you're excited to see because your guy Big Seth Williams gonna have an opportunity to get <laughs> some mega catches, you know, in Chad Morris's offense. Uh we're all yep. excited to see that. And then to look at this defense though with these two guys, you know, leading the way, this is gonna be a tremendous uh, opportunity for Auburn. And you're going to need guys like that if we do go for a conference-only schedule and, and and the kind of intense, tough, hard-fought games that we're going to have. These are two guys that are – they are durable. They play with that intensity that I, I love to see from our guys, and they, they're they resilient, man. They, they just – they play with that intensity that you expect an Auburn defense to play with right now. So kudos to both of those guys. Definitely exciting to see them on that watch list. I won't be surprised if they get added to some others before season gets going. Well, we are going to bring in our special guest, but before we do that, do we have any rapid fire for today, Jason? I was just going to say, do not try and skip. All right, let's do it. Okay, I will go first. Since I was on food earlier, fan base, let's just keep it there for a second. Miss Taylor, breakfast in the morning. Do you like waffles, pancakes, or French toast? Ooh. Man, those are all top notch. You know what I mean? They all have a special place Mm -hmm. in my heart. But I am going French toast. Really? Okay. French toast. There you go. If you got $2 left in your pocket to spend, do you spend it on ice cream or gelato? (laughs) Those are kind of the same thing, right? Nope. Mm-mm. Here's the thing. I might lose my co-host. I might lose my friend Jason here. <laughs> I'm not really an ice cream fan. What? I know. I don't like degrees outside on a sunny just, day. No. I mean, if I am going to have something sweet, if I'm going to treat myself like that, I would rather have just like a good chocolate chip cookie or like a, I don't know. I guess if I want something cold, I would rather have a smoothie. I just, I've never been big on ice cream. Mm, mm, mm. Oh no, so he hates so me now. Ashamed, so ashamed. <laughs> so ashamed. All right. If you could own one of the two, if you could own a yacht or an airplane, which would you prefer? <gasps> oh, airplane. Mm. Yeah. So I love to travel. I love to travel. I, and Luckily, my job allows me to travel, but I i mean, there are some SEC cities that, you know, if you've been to once, that's enough. And so mm. I don't get to travel to some of the cooler places as often as I would like. And airfare, let's be honest, is ridiculous. So if I had my own plane, I'd just be jet setting wherever I wanted to go. Yeah, that, that's what I would do. Well, give me the yacht, people. Give me the yacht because... <laughs> Right now during quarantine, guess what? I don't have to worry about being around nobody. I can be on the water. I can still can take cruises all the way over to the Bahamas. I can cruise all the way over to wherever I want to go right now and still see the great islands. That's true. You put thought into these. I I just go off like knee-jerk reaction. (laughs) But whatever. Okay. If there was one thing about Auburn 
that you could change, what would it be? Mm. One thing about Auburn that I could change. Ooh, I would allow us to wear blue helmets sometimes. <gasps> I love that answer. That's a great answer. I have always thought an all navy would be so dope. Like navy pants, yep. navy jersey, and like a matte navy helmet. Kind of like a blackout, like a lot of schools get to do, but right. we would do like a blue out. That is a great answer. That'd be so awesome. Who is your favorite NFL quarterback of all time? Ooh, great question. <clears throat> I would probably say <sighs> two guys, really. I would okay. say both are lanky and tall, like myself. <laughs> so one wore the same number as me, so that would be Doug Williams. Uh, two would be Randall Cunningham. And then uh, – Two of the guys that I looked up to the most growing up, as I I, I, I like this quarterbacks because we're from the same state and they did so much. Um, is Brett Favre and yep. Steve Manair. All right, Air Manair. Love it, love it. Last one. If you had to give up ice cream for the rest of your life, <laughs> or playing golf. For the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh, I give up ice cream, people. I would wow. give up ice cream. And you I tell you why. Ice cream. I can golf year round because I can go places to where it's warm weather and still golf. Ice cream I okay. only want when it's super hot. And okay. ice cream kind of gives you a pot belly if you don't consider it consistently work out. So <laughs> Since I am, and we type, know from last episode that's your biggest fear is exactly. A pot belly. So my biggest fear <laughs> is getting a pot belly. So I'm gonna get a pot belly. I just give up ice cream, so I ain't got to worry about it, and I just go play oh golf. Oh my god! All right, there you have it, people. There you have it. This is the episode about ice cream. Drink every time we said ice cream. Good lord. Okay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and bring in our guest. We are so excited to chat with Chantel Trimitier. Definitely a bit of a TikTok social media legend right now. So we've got a lot to ask her about. So let's go ahead and bring her in. All right, everybody, let's go ahead and bring in our guest. Like I said, Jason and I are so hype about this week's guest. We have former Auburn and WNBA point guard, now internet sensation, everybody's auntie, Chantel Tremitier. Chantel, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> no problem. Appreciate y'all having me on. We're super excited. Obviously, there's so much that I want to talk with you about, but I've got to start out with what's been happening as of late. I mean, the past couple of months must have just been a whirlwind for you. I mean, you've you've become an internet sensation. You've been posting, you know, a ton of awesome videos doing trick shots, but of course, the one that caught so many eyes was the one you shot in Addict Sporting Goods. I mean, within a week, that video had over 19 million views on a variety of platforms. ESPN posted House of Highlights, CBS. I mean, it's been everywhere. What in the world has this time been like <laughs> for you? Did you expect all of this? Absolutely not. If I would have expected, I probably wouldn't have shot the shot. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I just, um, you know, it, 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 it was funny, you know, I tell my friends, you know, when I was in the WNBA, um, they prepared us for this kind of 
you know, attention and, and yeah. things like that. So, you know, when you know it or you're prepared going in, then, you know, you, you can handle it a little better. Um, sure. But, you know, I wasn't prepared for it. Um, so it's been a little overwhelming at, at times, but, you know, I'm humbled and, and, you know, I like to have fun anyway. So I said, well, let's just keep doing it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, since everyone else in the world is calling you auntie, I'm going to call you auntie. So <laughs> come on, Jason. Yeah, there we go. There we go. I'm, I'm going to call you auntie, but I'm going to give you a little bit about me now. I was a basketball player in high school as well. True. So, you know, I like to shoot. I like to shoot the rock, too. So. <laughs> As soon as this quarantine and all this is over, I already told Coach Flo, I want to come down to Auburn. I want to uh -oh. challenge you in a long shot. You want to challenge me? I want to challenge you in a game Jason. of horse. I want to challenge you in a game of horse. I want to challenge you in a long shot. Because I just, I'm a competitor. I just. Come on with it. Okay. You come on down here anytime. That's what I'm talking about. But look, Jason, you, you already know uh, since. Um, both of us were, you know, professional athletes. You know, I'm mm -hmm. sure you don't you don't throw a football anymore for free. Uh, so you know, we have to put some. We we we're you know okay. we're not we're not professional athletes anymore. So we're allowed to put money on it. So okay, yes, you know. high stakes. Okay. I love it. See, she put a wager on Taylor. Taylor's here to hear this. So I take it well now. Now I'm gonna get to my other question: Is how does a lady from Pennsylvania? come to the hot heat of the South in the Auburn University. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, but at the time, um, uh, Auburn was number two in the country. I actually wanted to go to Temple, and I had told all the other coaches who were recruiting me, no, I wanted to go to Temple. I always wanted to go to Temple because I wanted to be an actress. And so I don't know Temple at that time, but uh, uh, I always wanted to be an actress. And, and so my, so I, I'm adopted. And so Temple had uh, asked me to come on an official visit. They scheduled the official visit. And that week before the official visit, we had a, a district game. And that morning before the district game, my birth mother showed up out of nowhere oh, wow. uh, at my job and shocked me a little bit. And so kind of threw me off that game. And didn't have a very good game. We lost by two. And um, that night, Temple called me and said, we're, we're, we're going to go with somebody else. Um, so, you know, it was last minute. It was the end of the year. I was a senior. And so I didn't have anywhere, you know, I didn't know where I was going to go play. And so my mom had um, known someone that was good friends with Coach Champy at the time. And um, so she took a chance and, and sent him my film. You know, said, I know it's last minute, but, you know, it just so happened that at that time, a point guard decommitted from Auburn, and, and Coach Champion came up and saw me playing a couple um, uh, all-star games, and uh, he liked what he saw, and um, he said, I want you to come down. I came down, and as soon as I got on campus, y'all, I was, I was in love, and I knew then that Auburn's where I wanted to go. Awesome. I think it's really unique when, when we talk to – you know, former athletes, former coaches, the, the, the way you end up getting to Auburn is always different, but the sentiment is often the same once you get there and, and you fall in love with the campus and the environment and the people, and it just leaves a mark on you. So it, it's always really right. cool to hear how that mark is, is maintained as you go forward the rest of your life. But I want to talk a little bit more about your playing days at Auburn. You were a part 
of some really special teams, three SEC championships, trips to the final four. I mean, it really was a special era for Auburn women's basketball. And we had coach Flo on, you know, a few weeks ago and she was talking about, you know, she felt like they kind of lost a sense of their identity, the identity that she wanted maintained on this team. And, and, you know, with some players transferring and a bit of, a bit of a turnover, she said that she is set on establishing that identity and having players that are going to see that through as, as someone who's been right. a part of some really staple teams, what is your opinion on, on what makes a team unit most effective? You know, now, now looking at the way Auburn basketball is, is headed, even the environment within the SEC, What's your take on what makes a really effective, cohesive team? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think that Flo actually answered part of it. You know, I think it starts from the top. Um, yeah. And it's important for coaches not to uh, compromise their identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy when, when or in her case, it's easy when you're a defensive-minded coach right. and – you're not having quite as, as success, quite as much success as you'd like. And then, you know, the first thing you want to think about is, oh, maybe we need to put up more points. So let me go after some offensive kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it ultimately it changes how you coach, which changes your team. Um, so, you know, I think it's important that coaches, you know, stay within themselves and, and, and recruit an identity that, that matches or mirrors them. Uh, but, you know, the biggest thing also is trust trust between players and coaches, definitely trust between players and, and accountability. And I think that was one good thing with, with the, the teams that I was fortunate to play on here is, you know, we were held accountable. You know, upperclassmen held us accountable. And when we were upperclassmen, we held the, the underclassmen accountable. Um, and I think that's on any level in any sport, is if you can hold your teammates accountable and you can accept being held accountable, uh, I think that um, that makes your team better. Yeah, yeah, Tony, you're exactly right. You know that that plays dividends in every aspect. Uh, you know, even in Taylor's profession. You know, like I said, she's in reporting business, and you know, everyone has to be accountable in order for something to be successful. You know, everyone has to be on the same accord. So when I think back to, of course, we were young young puppies when you was playing in college and everything, and y'all was <laughs> winning SECs and going to national championships. Like, for me, when I played in 04, you know, one thing about our team that was really, really special that that made it stick out was the cohesiveness of the team. But also, like, man, we were so locked, locked together. Like, it would take a mountain to be able to break us apart. What is the one thing I would say during your time at Auburn and playing with some of the greats and everything, Ruthie Bolton, like, what was the thing during y'all time that – why y'all was so great? Right. You know, you know, we, we genuinely liked each other. Um, and you know how it is. You know, when, when any team, when you're winning, it makes it easier anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we got a mentality where we weren't losing at home. And, and so then it was a mentality that we never want to lose at home. And so, you know, in four years, we never lost at home. But, but I think it was we, we set goals – at the beginning of the year as a team. And it was always everything that we did in the weight room, eating, you know, practicing was for that goal. Um, and that was to win a national championship, not even win the SEC, it was to win a national championship. Um, 
and I and I just think we genuinely liked each other. And and it was, look, I'm I'm gonna beat up my teammate in practice, but I'm not gonna let anybody else do it to her. Mm-hmm. Well, that grit is certainly something that we still see is a part of you, and, and everything that you've gone oh, on you. to do after your playing days, you, you do with intention. And I have to imagine that, you know, at, at least some of that started at Auburn and, and the foundation that you were able to have there. You actually returned to Auburn to get your MBA degree in 2015. Right. You got your PhD in 2017, which just congratulations on that. I mean, that is so commendable. I mean, seriously, what an accomplishment. Thank you. That's, that's amazing. Why was that something that you wanted to continue to pursue to that level? Right. Well, I, you know, it, it all came from my mom. My mom stressed education in our family. And, you know, with 14 brothers and sisters, you know, oh, it was, you know, you, you don't get a degree. Um, yeah. You know, you're not going to be in my house, so you better get a degree. And, and, you know, she always knew the right buttons to push. And, you know, Chantel, if you get anything less than an A, I'll keep you out of practice or you won't play in a game. And, and wow. so she always pushed me. Um, and then when she... You know, my parents divorced when we were young um, and all the kids stayed with her. And and so during that time, she got her doctorate and it took her 10 years because she was raising 15 wow. kids. Wow. Um, but she finally got it. And and so, you know, I knew I wanted to come back and, and or I knew I wanted to go to school. And, and, you know, at that time I had to own my own business and um, started my own business. I wanted to be a better businesswoman. Um, but, you know, I think at that time, uh, it was, to be honest, y'all, and I tell people this, and they don't believe me when I say it, but, you know, uh, that was the reason I came back from my MBA. But the, mm-hmm. one of the biggest reasons besides making my mom proud to get my PhD is I always felt as though Dr. Tremetier sounded sexy. And so I wanted people to call me Dr. Tremetier. <laughs> Shallow, perhaps, but the truth, like, I thought it sounded sexy. And so, <laughs> and so... <laughs> I knew I was, I knew I wanted to come back and get it. And, and, you know, I, it just so happened that coach Lowe offered me an opportunity to come back and, and, um, and be a part of the, the basketball team as a graduate assistant. And when she said free, I said, okay, I'm gonna come get my MBA. Cause there's nothing like that free 99. So. Totally. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh gosh. So you were one of the first 80 players to play in WNBA when it started. Like, right. I'm pretty sure that had to be, like, a crazy experience. Y'all had some awesome players, too, back in that day. Um, I remember watching a lot of it. You played for the Sacramento Mon- Monarchs. What is some of the experiences that Auburn gave you that kind of prepared you for the WNBA? You know, Jason, I think that's a that's a question that, that is answered with one word. You know, Auburn taught me perseverance and, and, and never to say no. You know, they, they didn't think that I'd play. There were some of my friends from home who didn't think that I'd be able to play in the SEC um, in, you know, women's basketball, at least the best conference in the country. I think the best conference in the country altogether, but, um, and it was about proving people no, I mean, proving people wrong. And and it's crazy how I got into the league is they only invited 60 women to this draft camp and they were going to draft uh, um, half of them into the draft. And so, you know, I had been out of college for six years. And I said, you know, I'm going to take a chance. I don't want somebody to tell me no. And so I called Renee Brown, who's the director of player personnel. And I said, look, Renee, um, you know, I want to be one of the 60. And she said, you know, I'm sorry, Chantel. You know, I know who you are, but I'm sorry. You know, you've had a great career, but we've already chosen our, our 60 women for the draft camp. 
And I was like, no, I want to be one of the 60. And she said, Chantel, I'm sorry. And I said, well, look, what can I do? She said, there's nothing. And I said, well, are you going to, you know, go and, and scout any of the girls that you've already invited to the camp or anything like that? She said, well, as a matter of fact, this weekend I'm going to Washington, D.C. to watch a tournament with some of the girls who were her cousin. And I said, okay, this was a Tuesday. And I said, okay. I said, Renee, I'll tell you this. By, the, by this weekend, I'm going to find a team to get on. I'm going to play in that tournament. We're going to win the tournament. I'm going to get MVP, and you're going to give me a card to go to, and you're going to invite me to the draft. And so all week I'm calling around. I don't know anybody down there. You know, I'm calling from Pennsylvania. I don't know anyone. Friday evening I finally get in touch with a friend who got in touch with a friend and a friend, got me on the team, played Saturday and Sunday. Our team won the championship won the MVP, and after the championship game, Renee Brown came up to me and handed me her card and said, you're right, I want you to come to the draft camp. So, you know, it was something, you know, I didn't want to hear no. And and that was one thing that Auburn has always taught me, you know, because Auburn's a family, right? And and your family, one of the biggest lessons that you learn with your family is don't let let somebody tell you no. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's that's the biggest thing it's taught me, and it's carried into business and and, uh, everything else. And, And that's actually why the whole uh, half-court shot thing started because I, I did one to have fun, and then some kids came on there and said, no, nah, Auntie, you can't do that with a boy's ball. And so <laughs> there, hence, this is what happened. <laughs> Honestly, when I was preparing for this interview, I mean, it, your, your resume, I mean, there's no limits. You've done, you've done so much. So I, I, that's so cool to hear kind of what your driving force has been, you know, obviously your playing days, your coaching, your, the level of education that you've attained, you've done some acting, lots of philanthropic work, motivational speaker, a production company. And now these videos, like you are a go-getter that, that is your brand. And, you know, obviously these trick shots are fun to watch, but people are, people are stuck because of your personality. They're drawn into you because of, of that go-getter mentality. And I think that there's something really special about what you're doing. And especially in a time like this, you know, where there's, there's a lot of uncertainty associated right now, a lot of people feeling, you know, discouraged right now. And I think that the internet, you know, has a a unique opportunity right now to kind of be a a source of relief a a little bit. And I think what you're, what you're doing and the good that you put out is, is so impactful. So I would actually just love to ask you, you this is, this is taking a bit of a different spin than I normally do. But I would, I would actually love to ask you kind of what, what advice or input would you give to people right now? I know a lot of people just kind of feel like they're in a rut right now. Life just feels very stalled, very weird. What advice or input would you give to people to take on that go-getter mentality that you have? Absolutely. That's a great question. You know, I I think I've, I've always kind of remained grounded. Um, and, uh, and even with the, the, uh, videos, you know, at the end of the day, y'all, you're right. I have fun with them and, you know, they've, they've, um, they've taken off and, and they still do. And we got some crazier ones coming. Um, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, I know that it's bigger than me. And I know that at the end, it, you know, with what you said, with what's going on in the world right now, if for 60 seconds, somebody wants to laugh or smile or whatever, um, just because they've seen my videos. And I've had great comments. People have, have emailed me and said, you know, I've been going through cancer, but watching your videos makes me smile. And, 
you know, it's stuff like that. And and if for 60 seconds you can smile and forget about the pandemic, forget about the social injustice that's going on right now, you know, Mm -hmm. and just smile, then I've done my job. And, and, but I, but I would tell people what my mom always told me, you know, don't listen to the, to the good. Don't listen to the bad. Always listen to the right. Uh, And so if you're always listening to the right, then you're always going to be on the right path. And, and, you know, I tell people, you know, we, the funniest thing about life is none of us is going to get out of it alive. And so mm-hmm. we might as well go ahead and, and do what we need to do. Be yourself. Can't be anybody else because everybody else is already taken. And so, yep. you know, people are, there's going to be people that don't like you. There's going to be people that love you. Um, and so, you know, just be true to you uh, and live your life because we only get one shot at it. That'd be my advice. Right. That's awesome. All right. That's awesome. I'm glad Taylor uh, brought that question up and everything and everything she says was right on and just true and everything that you said is true yeah and you know we do live in a time where things are difficult you know people are looking for some type of motivation some type of energy some people are trying to find their way i think people are more mentally challenged right now than anything because you're playing these mind games within yourself and when i think about this time and what you just said, like the fight, like people, some people have cancer and some people watching your shows for 60 seconds. Like you were someone that went through thyroid cancer. Right. So you're a person that, that knows what it's like to have to fight through something. And you've been a fighter your whole life. You was a five, six guard and you're right. playing against big, tall girls all the time. And you're still not afraid to go in there and drive. And like how you took on that challenge to say, hey, I want to go in here and fight myself to give me an opportunity. I know y'all didn't pick me as one of 60, but after this tournament, you're going to pick me. And right. I think a lot of people today, they give up so easily because someone tells them no. You said Auburn taught you right. not to accept no. It taught me the same thing, even in the NFL, to be able to play 10 years. You have to have perseverance in anything if you want to be successful because if you just wait for someone to roll out the red carpet or you think it's going to be easy, it's just not going to happen. Like, you're in the wrong boat. So if you want to be successful in life and you want to have opportunity – do exactly what you just said. Don't accept no. Keep going. If you have a dream about something, that dream is there for a reason. It was put into you for a reason. It didn't mean it right. was going to be handed to you, but it's right. there. So when you fought your way through this, through cancer and everything, how has it made you as a person? I try to bring, you know, good energy in and do them through the, through the videos. And I just think the energy that you put out in the world, you know, a lot of things in the world, especially especially what you were just saying, Jason, you know, we can't control a lot of things that are in this world. Um, But the one thing that you can control is your energy, Uh, the energy that you put out. And, you know, I firmly believe that the energy that you put out in the world, um, you get it back. And and I appreciate that, that, that people have appreciated my energy. Uh, That's who I've always been, you know, I've always been the outgoing kid um, with a little bit of a shyness in me at certain times. But, Can't see you know, that. I just feel like <laughs> I love to make people laugh. I love to have fun. And, and I try to be as genuine as I can be. Um, I try to be as honest and, and truthful as I can be. And, and it's, it's paid off so far. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and keep being me and, and keep doing the same thing. And hopefully it'll, it'll get me, 
the rest of my life because you know I'm closer to the grave than I am to the womb. So oh, I better go nah, ahead. And you, probably, you probably one of those people <laughs> gonna live to see almost a hundred years old. You know, you out here. Oh, Jason, I don't know if I want to do that. If <laughs> if I can't shoot a basketball, if I can't shoot a layup, it's time for me to go lay it up with God. Oh I'm my God! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know then. <laughs> oh, that is good stuff. Well, Chantel, before we let you go, my last one for you. I know you've you've given us a little teaser that there's some videos in the works, some good stuff coming. Oh, yeah. And I I fully anticipate Jason to hold his word and, and I want to see something between yeah. the two of y'all. But if there is any other special guest that you would like to participate, if you could have anyone partake in one of your videos, who would it be? If I had anyone to partake in one of my videos. Yep. You know, I was, you know, I'd love to have, uh, I'd love to have LeBron James in one of them, obviously. Um, you know, I'd love to have, I want to do one with a Pittsburgh Steeler at okay. some point, just because that's always been my favorite oh, team. But, gosh. you know, I was, I was, <laughs> but, you know, the, the hypest person is when, I'm not going to lie, you know, when, um, um, I'd like to do a shot on the Ellen show, but, but at the end of the day, the biggest one is when, when Barack Obama followed me on Twitter, Unreal. I said, you know, he likes to talk trash. It would be fun to, to do one with him, but maybe one day I'll call him out, but I'm going to call out another celebrity soon with a, with a shot that, that we're getting ready to, to film, um, right. which is going to go, which will be crazy. But, but I look forward to it. I'm just going to have fun and I just got to keep thinking of stuff to do because if people like it, I got to keep doing different stuff. Well, oh, yeah. I'm here to there tell you, know. you we like it. So I am excited oh, thank to see y'all. what else you have coming. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat of with course. us today. That seriously was an awesome interview. You're somebody who's just spreading light at a time when light is really needed. So I can't thank you enough. And Absolutely. as always, War Eagle. War Eagle Taylor. Thank you, Jason. All right, everybody, that'll do it for us this week on Believe in Everything Auburn. Thank you so much for listening to us each and every week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button in the podcast app so that you get a notification every time we release an episode. And make sure you tell your friends, spread the word. As we continue to get closer to potentially a football season, we will be releasing more frequent episodes. We'll have awesome guests like we always do, so you won't want to miss any of the action. War Eagle and everyone have a great week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.